did the we were doing movie Tom Hanks Day or something like that, and I had the Turner and Hooch group, and <coughs> we had uh, Elena and somebody else dress up as the dog, like in the bear costumes. And granted, these things hadn't been washed in like three years anyway, so it's already gross. <laughs> and then I had them eating like Campbell's chunky soup after being shouted at to do like dog tricks, you know. And they're taking it like a champ, but I didn't know Elena was. I think she's a vegetarian, right? And they're like force feeding her, you know, chicken soup essentially, you know. And she just, <laughs> she had no complaints, you know. But it was like, That's yeah, funny. what are we doing here? And it was one of those that we kind of like figured out. We changed some things during the day and figured it out, but it, it's just like no matter what you do, I think most times it's going to be awesome, and people, regardless, are going to make it unreal. So, let's begin now. I woke up this morning and I said, you know, I said, waiting for a good day to happen, you know, waiting around through ups and downs, you know. I, I just said, look. What's up, everyone? It is episode 17 of A Breath of Fresh Life podcast. I am Garrett Hayden, joined by Brenna Keefe and Andrew Lydon, as always. And today, we have a great uh, special guest, Matt Frechette. Uh Matt uh, has been at camp for a long time. Matt, you're like a camp legend at this point. Um, I tried. Jeez. Don't overhype it, you know? <laughs> But anyway, well, what's up, guys? What's going on? I'm super excited. I haven't seen Matt in a very long time. I've seen your dad a lot, so I got that going for me at least, you know? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, an enormous episode. Enormous. Enormous. This is my first uh, on-podcast experience, so I'm very excited. I'll say that. There you and, go. Uh, Hopefully, I can bring something to the table. You guys put on a, an excellent show, so you know. Appreciate it. I don't it. want to bring down anything. So. Appreciate it. Yeah, don't don't want to mess up the chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Matt, it's awesome to have you. Uh, we've been talking about uh, bringing on some some Arrowhead people on the podcast, so uh, it's great to have you. So um, I figure, you know, good place for us to start is maybe how the three of us. Encountered or like our first encounters with you, whether it's through camp or whatever. So I'm going to defer to Brenna and Andrew if you guys can think of maybe one of your first encounters. Um, I will. I'll go first. Okay. Um, I was a volunteer my first year when you were director of camp. And I remember thinking that you were so cool. Uh, but my favorite memory of that summer, um, you, we had like, it was like wet, what was it, like the wet and wild day or whatever. Um, and you and Ben Kroll had got up on the roof and you had the hose and you were just spraying people from the roof. <laughs> and it was so funny. 
and all the kids were like, it's like a sprinkler, basically. So all the kids are like running underneath it. It was so, oh my God, it was like the best day ever. That was like my first We still had the awning back then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We abused that thing like there was no tomorrow. That was great. (laughs) And yeah, just being on the roof, you know, that's uh, apparently frowned upon when you're you're not in charge. So I was a little sad to see that go away. Yeah. That one was a bummer. (laughs) Oh, man. If you were to wind back the clocks, I was a senior in high school when I first met Matt. And I heard about Matt probably four years. Like, I've heard about him ad nauseum every year there'd be a reference to this guy and I had no idea who he was and they're like you know he's an absolute legend and I used to babysit W all the time and so I saw him in all the pictures with the campers the campers were all lit up and stuff like that so I knew that he was like huge presence but I got to work with him side by side at Skyline which is uh, like a Saturday program we have where we go bowling and like do a whole bunch of stuff but you know here's this former director coming in and you know wonder like is he going to come in and call the shots and do all these things well it's just the opposite he's the nicest guy he's a super super good locker room person to have and was helping uh like dougie bull one here and uh we've had multiple chances to work with each other since um and it's been just absolutely awesome so that was my first and i'm uh, i'm pretty honored to say that we have, we've worked together in a bunch of capacities and it's uh never disappoints it's been awesome I know I, I, I know I regaled you with a lot of stories while we were playing Papa Shot and definitely not working. <laughs> oh my god. Garrett, what about you? Yeah, so this so this is interesting. So, you know, I've told people plenty of times that uh, the first time I went to visit camp was the summer before I started Arrowhead, which was uh, two thousand ten, if I'm not mistaken. So my first time visiting was summer of 2009. I'm almost positive that, you know, I go to the campsite, you know, go towards opening circle and, you know, there's some commotion in the opening circle. They're singing songs. I could have sworn that I heard the, uh, you know, have, have you ever seen that Family Guy episode where Peter uh, becomes obsessed with this song called Surfing Bird? And he just say, you know, bird is the word. I'm almost positive that that's what was being sung at the circle and Matt was in the middle and I'm like, what is this place? (laughs) So I think that's my first like unofficial encounter. Um, But then the first one was at res a couple of years ago um, when we had officially met for the first time, which is crazy because I'd heard so many stories about Matt, like, Oh, a former staff member, you know, great dude. And so I was really excited. Um, And it did, it did not disappoint. I will say, I got a lot of Garrett stories, you know, and and the one thing, they're like, oh, you know, you love the same shows, this and that, and, you know, everything, and, and yeah, you lived up to the hype. You don't like Letterkenny, that's okay, you know, I'm over that, but, <laughs> Good, all right. you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's been an awesome, what was that, like three years ago now? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, it's it's been an unreal, uh, unreal ride we've all been taking, mm. you know, for sure. I'm a little burnt out that you don't like Letterkenny. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, that's not something I like to admit openly, but, you know. Uh, I apologize for putting you on the spot, yeah. <laughs> sorry, just, Canadians, just, like, just not my thing. That's probably it, right? 
I tried. I tried. Believe me, I tried. So for, for those of you that don't know, uh, Andrew's in Austin, Texas for uh, the month of April. So he'll be joining us from way down south, uh, or I guess what, whatever, if I'm not great with geography. Um, so uh, I don't know. I mean, we can really go anywhere we want after this. Um, any of you guys have any things you want to talk about or questions or whatever? Oh, yeah. So... I think in every capacity, when we think about Matt, or at least I'll at least speak for myself, like former director Matt Frechette, that was kind of the title. But I would love to wind back the clocks to actually the start of your Arrowhead journey. So kind of where you're coming from. So like yeah. where, like your volunteer experience, if we can start there, maybe like a rough year, how old you were. Because I know the process has always kind of changed. Um, and just like some experiences and best memories from there. Yeah, so I have um, I have two older brothers who both, uh, in varying degrees of success, volunteered at Arrowhead. Um, my oldest brother, his first day, once caught a, a pop-up somebody hit and was all excited about it during active games. And uh, his experience sort of, he couldn't live that one down, it only lasted a year. But he did like it. And my, my other brother got me into it. He's a little closer in age. So I was 13 when I started. Um, I did two weeks of day camp. And there were two residentials back then. Mini res was uh, five days long, ten camping up in uh, uh, Pawtuckaway State Park in New Hampshire. And uh, that was insane. And uh, I'll go into that more in a little bit. But yeah. it was basically we'd, we'd go out for five days. Pat, Pat the Rat Conaway, who you may have heard of, he's, he's still running around Natick picking up trash and recycling nonstop. Um, but he would cook every meal. Uh, we, we had a beautiful, uh, lake to swim in, canoeing, you know, all that type of stuff. Uh, I will say on that trip, my first camper absolutely despised me. New camper that week, very first week. And within two days, <laughs> the staff just told me, Hey, give him some space. So I was like 30 yards away for the next four days. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a good experience. Definitely cool. But, um, yeah, you know, getting into it, it was like, I did, two weeks, weeks five and six, and, you know, was pretty hooked after that. The res has definitely sealed the deal. Um, back then, big res, literally we'd get home from, from mini res, one day off, leave the next day for big res, which was seven days. Um, so that was an experience, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. and that was out in uh, Goshen, Mass, at like an old 4-H camp, so it was, you know, no cabins were worse more uh, rustic than we're in now you know wooden shower house uh everything was like stalled toilets it was crazy no toilets in the cabin or anything yeah it was pretty wild so um the initial experiences were rustic and rough i would say but uh it definitely you know just kind of hooks you in and and made every week every year after that i was back for every single week including reses you know so it, that definitely sealed the deal for me well, if you need, yeah, if you need life lessons, I don't know, I got them. 
you you tell me what you want to hear about <laughs> back then. There's a, there's a lot that happened. So, my I mean I'm absolutely shocked from the fact that I have mini res and then went home for one night. <laughs> well, it was like shower and laundry, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think. I mean, we're going to have to start that and come back to it. But, yeah, I would say I would love to hear just from the volunteering days, like what were some of your biggest takeaways that you moved forward into? Like, here are the lessons that I took into staff uh, and just, like, any any big experience or takeaways from it. I think it was it was literally just, like, the how far you got to see the staff willing to go for, you know, for laughs, for, for sort of the bonding you got to do with, with volunteers and campers and everybody. Um, sort of the extremes for comedy. Um, you know, I had, we did used to do the staff search and like one of them was literally on a toilet hiding, you know, for like a four hour long staff search. So, and these are not clean bathrooms, you know, <laughs> back in the day. Uh, I think for me, it just kind of showed like you can make anything fun uh, as long as you're into it, you know, and if you're hyping everything up and everyone up, it's going to be contagious, which was great. Um, it made me just like, it's hard to describe. I know you guys have all gone through it. So it's like, mm-hmm. to, to you guys, you know how, how it feels, just those first kind of experiences. Um, going into staff, like after four years of res as a volunteer, you know, it, it really just showed me, it's like, this is such an important week for so many people, uh, everyone involved, you know, that if you don't make it as awesome as possible, it's like you're wasting this one week essentially that is supposed to be this this sort of epic time um so i think just stressing that importance for me and like making it you know i remember early on uh our first year at the current res site lions camp pride i I had randy it's my yeah third year as a volunteer and we you know we were running up and down uh to the to the water and we just kind of shouting you know like no reason for it just shouting you know, but then that turned into like the war cry, you know, that he, he was doing. Um, so it's like these little kind of moments that you get from being with someone for 24 hours a day, you know, for five or six days, like can just become these things that last forever and like form that bond, you know? Um, so yeah, just like, I think everything about that time you spend up there really, uh, sets the stage for, for something bigger, you know, which is great. Uh, I think, you know, I, I know you guys and, and other old volunteers and staff that I still keep in touch with. It's like we still reminisce about all these things because they were so phenomenal and just, you know, stuff you don't really get anywhere else. So I know creativity-wise, like, I'd always try to push these really stupid ideas on people when I was on staff because I know it's like it sounds absurd, but guess what? Like, you know, Jamaican bobsled, which sounds like it'd be ridiculous and I'm not pushing anyone down a hill or anything, you know, but it's like, I brought a, an entire bed frame from home, set it up and we put every single person on it, ran them through a cabin, slamming into things, you know, we were playing Neil Young in the background. It's just like, it made no sense, but it was awesome. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like that ability to just make something out of nothing and, and create these awesome memories with people, you know? Um, you're gonna have to keep reminding what you ask because I just I, I start thinking about this stuff and, and I'm, I'm lost, man. So <laughs> what about what about because you hit staff at, at seventeen? It sounds like if I'm doing the math, like four years volunteering, you hit staff at seventeen. Which yeah, is, remember I was on staff at eighteen, which was 
young for my time. I know Brenna, 18, I think, going into college was young for your time. But what was it like going through Nate Akai being the kid? Because like, I remember I was the kid that did Arrowhead like in my respective groups. Is that something that you think that you found alignment with? Like, Were people generally aware that that was a huge passion of yours? And like, how was that? How was that being like the residential kind of kid that did Arrowhead at Nate Akai? It was good, you know, it's like, it, it definitely, when I got on staff, it helped, because it was like, all these, you know, junior, sophomore, freshman people were like, oh, what's up, you know, good to see you, you know, loved it, very recognizable, which was nice, um, gets you involved with, like, just so many more people throughout, because it extends these sort of friendships and relationships uh, throughout the year, which is great. Um, it was definitely one of those things, I think, and I feel like a lot of people probably go through this is like they want to get involved in teaching or special ed or, you know, some kind of OT, PT, speech therapy type stuff. So it's like the, you have this common bond um, and something that, you know, it's like just everybody knows about because we all know you have these shared experiences and sort of goals that are really, end up being really similar, I think, for a lot of people that you want to help, you want to do good, and you want to have some fun while you're doing it. And it's like Arrowhead was by far the best place to kind of experience that and do that type of stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's like you definitely – there were some early times. One of my really good friends now – I don't know if you remember him, Alex, Alex Mulcahy. Uh, Brenna, you might, yeah. Yeah. So my first year on staff, it was like I wasn't – I didn't really know him. His sister was on a uh, volunteer that I did know. Um, and – Jesus, I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but AOL Instant Messenger was still like, you'd go home and hop on that thing, you know? Um, and he he instant messaged me, like, from out of nowhere and was like, why don't you like me? And I, and I was just like, oh, my God, like, I had this, one, I did like him. And two, it was like, you had this responsibility, too, to be, like, accessible to everybody and, like, just, there's so much many more things you don't think about, you know, that, that happened that you're a part of because you're either a staff or like an older volunteer who are sort of influencing and affecting all these people. Um, and he's one of my best friends now, you know? Um, but I think it was my, my first year, my second year on staff when I was art, briefly the arts and crafts, uh, person, we were doing pudding painting and I made him drink an entire thing of like just mixed pudding mix. So it hadn't said it was basically just like fudgy milk. And then obviously he threw up, um, <laughs> And his parents just were not having it, you know. So they got in touch with, like, the director. It was a whole thing. We had a long talk. You know, they put the kibosh on that for, like, the rest of the year. Um, but at the same time, he loved it. You know, like, he had no problem with that. And it's one of those things we laugh about now. And, like, mm -hmm. you know, just always a good time. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot that, that you don't think about and how you can affect people and sort of what – what your presence at Arrowhead or what it can mean to someone, you know, I, I have a, not to brag, you know, but I have a lot of letters back in the day that, that volunteers had written me or staff, like Melissa's a phenomenal letter writer, but back in the day when early on, she, you know, she wrote some letters when she was a volunteer and it's just like, you can see so much of like the impact you've had on people and what that meant to them. And I think that was one of the coolest things about being on staff in general. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just, I'm sure you guys have had the same thing because yeah. you're all legends in my mind, you know, <laughs> easily, you know. So. So. <laughs> um, Matt, I wanted to ask you about um, what it was like being on staff and then being away for a few years and then coming back. 
Um, what do you, like, what are the, like, the biggest differences that you noticed, like, in terms of the staff as a whole? Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd say in general, like, that was, I think the first, I joined the Army and left, you know, Arrowhead. It was sort of a surprise to everyone, even my now wife. Um, but it was, it was one of those things that very first summer I had emailed uh, John Marshall and was like, hey, like, I want to come back, you know, and that was three years out from when I could have even, you know, when I was done with the Army, but um, coming back, it was just, for me personally, it was like, Melissa was crushing it in, in that role, and just knows everything about Arrowhead and how it works so well. Um, so for me, it was kind of like, take a step back, help where I can, do what I can, um, you know, in that role. I think in general, just like staff-wise, compared to before, we're a little less ridiculous, you know, and it's like, we're, it, staff is still obviously pretty ridiculous, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, Ben Kroll, if you guys remember him, it was like my second or, or I think my second to last year, he was at the circle at the basketball hoop. Someone threw a Frisbee up in the tree and the first branch is like 20 feet up and he starts climbing up the tree to go get this Frisbee. And it's like the one time I ever yelled at Arrowhead was at him at that moment because he's like 15 feet in the air about to reach out for a branch to to go get a $3 frisbee and you know it's like I, how could I explain this to your parents or, or, or Dick Eugenie when you know the time comes and you've broken both legs you know like that's not going to go over well <laughs> so I think like that type of ridiculousness has sort of died down a little bit mm-hmm. uh, you know I think it's we were pretty loose in the past like we've We'd give a lot of stuff a shot, not knowing how it would work. Um, being able to go into things without a plan so much, you know, was kind of happened more more than it does now. Um, but now it's like everything's, you know, really well planned out. You know, the ideas are thought of. There's a lot more considerations just to sort of what we're doing uh, and how it affects people. You know, because mm-hmm. before it's like if if one person didn't want to do everything or five people say camper wise wouldn't want to do anything or be, uh, uncomfortable or scary or whatever, we'd just do it anyways. And now it's kind of like, we think about that stuff a lot more, which I think is great because it's, it's way more inclusive. Not that it wasn't inclusive back then, but it's just like, it's entirely inclusive, you know, which is great. And we're prepared, I think for more, more than we were back then where it'd be like something would come up, we deal with it in that minute. But now it's like you're more or less, if you guys have been through the staff trainings, you know, it's like 130 PowerPoint slides long and uh, very informative. But, you know, it prepares you for the majority of stuff you're going to run into. And I think that's great because it makes that transition from volunteer to staff that much easier, you know, or for some of our more recent staff who didn't volunteer, you know, it's like it's a good intro to how things are going to be. I'll say... Yeah, it's like we, we played a little more fast and loose back then, and that was fun. There are definitely some times where, you know, it didn't pay off, but I think 99% of the time it all worked out really well. <laughs> from seeing both, like being a part of the transition from ridiculousness to a little bit less ridiculous, but still ridiculous, I would say that that is a very accurate way of describing it. <laughs> And I'll say, too, I've talked to Melissa about this. It's like, I think, you know, she learned a lot from me coming up through the ranks, you know, which I never really thought about. It's just like, oh, I'm just doing this job, you know, and, and the staff, I'm trying to craft sort of 
how I want the experience for everyone else to be. But she, you know, seeing her being in the assistant director role the last few years has really opened up my eyes to like how I could have done things um, and sort of the extra responsibility, you know, that you do have. And I think for Melissa, it's a little different because, you know, she has a full-time job at the, you know, the rec center. So it's like, for me as director, I'd go, you know, we'd have paint wars and everything like that and constant belly flop contests, which I think still happen now for, for good measure. Um, but it's just like, you know, she's thinking in the grand scheme of things and how this affects camp itself and, you know, all the stuff that I was too sort of young and stupid and just like, this is awesome. We're going to do it this way. You know, never thought about back then, you know. So it's been nice for me to see someone who, like, has some more thought process in these things because <laughs> back in the day that was not always the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, I've always wondered this, and I, I don't know the answer. Did you meet Megan at Arrowhead? Yeah, yeah. So um, so I actually I played Little League Baseball with her brother, uh, Alan. So I've known the family since I was, like, 10. Um, but I initially did not like her uh, at all. So I had, like, a big crush on my now sister-in-law, who was, like, an older staff member. I feel like everybody has probably had that experience, you know. It's like, oh, the staff, they're, you know, they're cute and awesome and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, we ended up working Skyline together. And after, like, a year and a half of that, we went out. We, we just started hanging out. And then, uh, like, six months after that, we started dating. So... And that was in 2004, so, like, it's been a minute, you know? Um, but, yeah, yeah, it all worked out okay. So. Oh, my God, Skyline brought you two together. Yeah, yeah we did Skyline together, and you never married me. You know, <laughs> I regret that. Probably one of the biggest regrets of my life. I think you were underage at the time, so that probably, <laughs> probably was the real issue. Uh, yeah i think you know and skyline is great for that too it's just like it's a relaxed environment you know it's like i never really envisioned myself eating bowling alley nachos at seven in the or you know nine thirty in the morning but i did that like every single saturday i worked and katie rose will be there you know dip you know just staring at you from the side like what you going back and uh you know that's just like the joy of it. You can see all these little things in, in all the programming that we do, you know? Uh, but I do think it's just it's one of those places that's like conducive to really close bonds and long lasting friendships. And that's, you know, definitely one of the better things about it because, you know, my, my best group of friends outside of you three, obviously, don't tell, you know, uh, are all guys that I was on staff with when I first came up, you know? And they're older, they're, you know, five, six years older than me, but it's like one of those things where that age doesn't matter, you know, your background doesn't matter, it's just you're a collection of good people, and like you're all shooting for the same goal, and that really, I think, bonds a lot of people. Yeah, full, full Rolodex of people that I've worked with at Arrowhead that I could call at any moment and just trust them the same way I trust them when I worked with them because we all had the same goal. Definitely, yeah. And yeah, I'm sure you guys are like, some of your friends are still the same people you volunteered and are on staff with, right? It's like, I would, I, don't, I imagine, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Garrett, like you're, you're hanging out with people all year, right? Not 2020, obviously, because that was the world's dumpster fire. But, yeah. you know, it's like that.
that stuff is it, it transitions to the rest of your year you know it's mm-hmm. like that's that's the real life friendships you get yeah i think yeah yeah absolutely and you know i have a like group chat with a bunch of you know camp people right now and you know Thanks always me out. oh yeah no <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's just like yeah, staying connected, keeping keeping each other, you know, updated with what's going on in in our lives. Um, I will tell you, they will be very excited to uh, listen to this. <laughs> I'll say the one thing I do miss about back in the day when I was volunteering, um, and even like maybe the first year on staff, was um, we did a lot more like kickball, like that type of stuff. We had the volunteer swims, you know, and that was like a time just to chill with the staff. Um, and during the year, we do like two or three events, like get-togethers. So we used to go to Longfellow for like pizza, swimming, all that stuff for the night. Um, we do fundraisers, you know, uh, scrub it up. We'd like be the people out there with the basket, like give me your money type thing. Um, and you people are usually pretty cool about that. Uh, but it was just like we had all these other events, you know. And I don't know if you guys were, you, Brennan, you might have been, when they were still doing concert on the Common. Um, oh, my God. I went every single time right fun and it was like you just sit around maybe you sell some raffle tickets or a hot dog you know and it's like you just hang out more with with the people you're working with or volunteering with and you get to kind of get that out of camp experience where you can you know reminisce about all the stuff you just did that day you know four hours ago but also like kind of get the bigger picture of stuff too i know for staff that was like the world's longest day because you get to work eight to four load up for for uh, concert on the common, drive the bus over there, cook, you know, for me, I was always cooking hot dogs and that type of stuff pretty well, you know, toasting buns, really giving them the full experience. And then, like, 9 o'clock, we're at Arrowhead dropping stuff off, like unloading a grill out of the, the cheese mobile, you know. And then it's like, oh, yeah, let's do this all again in, in you know, seven, eight hours. So it was it was a long day, but it was just, like, such a, such a cool time. Hmm. And that's, that's what pre-meeting speeding you've lifted 20 people probably painted out all of that yeah and then you, you know five by six or 30 days so that next day is one of 30 so you have to bring it it's arrowhead's a grind i talked to the new staff it's like you gotta be ready to sacrifice to be able to do this at the level like you gotta really tighten up your schedule and if you can't do that like you're not be as the people that came before you because they put in the time and that's why they're where are member legends. You know what I mean? Like, look at that time that you put in. That's incredible, man. It's definitely worth it, for sure, you know? Worth and, like, I ate a lot of hot dogs, too, so it all worked out, but, you know. I was going to say, those hot dogs were always so good. I know. I don't know what it was about them. It was just, like, open air, you know, eating hot, eating free hot dogs when you could. It was perfect, yeah. Like jazz in yeah. the background. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, there were some interesting groups that have been formed out there. <laughs> uh. And even, yeah, for you guys, like, because Brennan, when were you on staff? Was it like 2010 ish, 12, 13? I don't yeah. even know. Well, my, my first summer, I did res. I, it was 2011, but I started in 2012. Okay, yeah. 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 And yeah, it's just like, those are. Those are memories and experiences that you, you won't forget. I've definitely forgotten a lot of them, but, you know, it's like I can look back in the photo albums or, or have Melissa tell me stories, and I'm like, yeah, I totally remember doing that, you know, but 
have no idea. <laughs> but it sounds like something I would have done at the time, you know? Do you have, like, a favorite story or, like, when you think of, like, a camper or something, just a story that makes you laugh so hard, even, like, today? Um, there's a lot, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you guys remember Patty Thomas? Uh, <gasps> yeah. She was this beautiful older woman, um, and <laughs> there's one point. She was, was my first camper on res. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. That is awesome. Yeah. She, yeah, and that's a hoot, right? Oh, oh man. But she, she put, I think it was Tim Flynn or me, like, over her knee and hit us with a switch, you know, while she was, like, <laughs> singing gospel songs in our face. It was just, like, the ultimate, like, power move. And... <laughs> If you know her, the look she had on her face, you would know what I'm talking about. It was just, you know, it was great. Uh, so stuff like that. Uh, oh, gosh. I think it's slightly inappropriate story. I'm going to give it to you anyways, you know. Um, it was our second year, I think, at uh, Lions Camp Pride. And we're down the, the shallow waterfront doing swim, you know, and all this. And we're, we're with Demolay. And all of a sudden, there's like this sort of fish-looking thing. Uh, floating on the water and we all get a little closer and it's a big old turd and like mystery turd floated up out of the water from one, one of our guys <laughs> and it's like what do you do you know it's like you don't want to stop swimming obviously because it's awesome and the water's shallow enough actually back then it was slightly deeper like it was above your knees at the, <laughs> at the, the floats you know uh, but we went and got like a Kool-Aid jug and just this chunk of poop <laughs> threw it in the porta potty and kept going. You know, it's like the absurdity of that stuff always makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> and even um, at summer, what's that? That's, that's just the rule. Like the, like the uh, that's just like the summer camp auto. Like it, that just rules the gate right there. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't stop. You know. Um, <laughs> I think uh, if you guys remember. Sam uh, Klobuchar, we used to have, like, prank wars back in the day, me and him. He, at one point, he had, like, taped me to the flagpole, taped me to the awning pole, you know, done all these things. Uh, made me feel really dumb because he'd be like, hey, Matt, name all the vice presidents in history. And I'd be like, I don't know any of them. You know? <laughs> what are you God. doing? Um, but on, <laughs> on Res one year, we used to take the, uh, the Winnipesaukee Bell, I think it was called, out for a cruise, like a whole afternoon cruise on Lake Winnipesaukee, and he locked me to a chair and wouldn't give me the key back, so for like three and a half hours, I'm just laying on the floor of this boat like a jerk, you know, and people are coming by, like Sam would come by and give me a kick or something, you know, or wet willies, it's just like, it was awesome, you know, oh, and I was luckily unlocked, so I didn't have to steal a chair, but, you know, it's like... <laughs> A lot of stuff like that, um, man. Yeah, there's there's like so many. It's hard to think of all of them. I, I did write some notes down. I'll take a look and I'll I'll, I'll let them rip in a minute here. You know, but <laughs> I remember that boat ride was the most wild boat ride because I had Patty Thomas and she didn't fit through the door of the boat. Yes. <laughs> so we had to sit at the back of the boat and people would come and visit us and it was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Were you there the year we were on our way when we used to drive the buses and the and the cheese mobile and everything up to Res, and the 
I think it was Melissa's first year on staff, and the bus broke down uh, that I was driving, and Patty was on there. We had to un- we couldn't get her out in the wheelchair, so we had to carry her from the Cheesemobile, like thirty yards down the highway, to the bus. Yeah, and I have I have pictures of it. Me and another uh, Brendan Jackson carried him down, and it was just like she was having a hoot. And she's got her, her arms flailing, kind of whacking us in the face, and like, you know, yelling, swearing at us not to drop her the whole time. And it's, it's just like, you know, this is happening. You know, we're, we're doing this on the middle of 95 North, you know, in New Hampshire. And then we get her on the bus and she can say thank you. It's like, it's like, what's happening here, Patty, you know? But, but yeah, I'm sure you guys must have stories like that too, just like, the absurdity of it all or somebody like hiding in the cabin underneath the uh like the floor in, in the back of the cabin you could open that up and get down below like hiding down there and making the cabin haunted you know for people it's like people lose their mind it's great you know <laughs> i think too <laughs> katie rose's very first um res she was all homesick about you know like going to bed and, and she still does that she's she's faking now you know She's playing the game, but I like, I sat next to her and I told her this story about like pink elephants coming to visit her in her dreams if she goes to sleep just to try to like get her mind off of it and like entice her to this bizarro world she could be entering if she would just go to sleep. And like, I like to think it works or I like to think it worked, but she was definitely awake for the next like seven hours straight, you know, there's just no sleep in that girl on res. None at all. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there, those are a few, but I mean, yeah, I, I would totally love to hear some of your guys. I know I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm the star of this show right now, but you know, I'd love to hear some of your guys' mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I have um, one that's okay. It's actually not really that inappropriate now that I think of it, but <laughs> this is maybe my first res, maybe my second res. Um, when I, you know, would go swimming at res, I don't, I don't go swimming anymore. You know, Andrew knows that, you know, we kind of use swim time as just like the ultimate, you know, bro out time. But I used to go swimming the first or second year I go in, you know, hanging out in the beach in the shallow water. Um, and this is a day after it's rained. So there's all kinds of, you know, crazy debris and, you know, leaves and shit in the, in, in the lake. And so all of that, you know, gets stuck on me. And so, you know, I have to get back into the cabin. I have to get changed. And there's all this, you know, stuff that's stuck on me. And so you have um, Ethan, Sam Thurston, and uh, Clayton, Clayton Rathel. And oh, all man. three of them are trying to, you know, scratch the stuff off. <laughs> One of them just, like, blows on my backside. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> It was one of the funniest experiences. Just so weird and just hysterical. Uh, I think one of my favorites too is this is back on mini res. So mini res basically it's like you have tents and you have a big pavilion, and then if it rains, it's like you're stuck there, you know. So it was pouring for like two out of the four days we were up there. We went to see a movie at a mall like sort of nearby and we saw uh spider-man the toby Maguire original classic you know some of the finest acting you'll ever see and uh i don't want to ruin it for you guys it's been you know 15 to 18 <laughs> Spoiler years alert. since the movie came out but 
this really dramatic like kiss scene at the end, and uh, he's just saved the day. He goes to kiss uh, Kirsten Dunst. The movie theater is totally silent, and Joey just puts his elbow to his face and makes the largest, loudest fart sound you've ever heard. You know, and it was so god so goddamn hilarious. I'm sorry. Yeah, everybody cracked up. Uh, and it was just, yeah, something like that. You know, like that I love. That same day, we're at the food court, and, uh, and Bandman's there, and he starts to go, oh, man, I don't feel good, Matt. And I'm like, oh, jeez. You know, it's like, this is this is going to happen. And I take him over to a trash barrel in the mall, and he like he's trying to fit his head inside of this thing, and he can't do it. So I have, like, my long sleeve staff shirt on, and I take it off. And I catch it, all his throw up in my shirt, you know? It was gross. But I'm also just, like, laughing the whole time because it's, like, popcorn and Skittles and all this stuff that came back up. And it's like, what are you, you going to do? You know, you catch that throw up. That's all. <laughs> but that, that one always makes me laugh, yeah. And he felt better afterwards, so that was good, you know? <laughs> I would have to say... One of my one of my top favorite stories that is just like was not good that I did it, but it was hysterical to look back on. Was I was a staff member and I was a, a lifeguard, and there was a camper who needed to get changed for swimming. Everyone was already in the water, and I was on my shift off, so I was like, "I'll help her out." So I'm getting her bathing suit on in the bathhouse, and it's literally just me, her, her volunteer. And out of nowhere, we're like halfway done. And I just look to my side and there's this giant mole, like a legitimate mole, like an animal mole in the corner of the room. And I was like, what is that? Because I've never seen one before. And if you don't know what they look like, they look really sketchy with like fingers on their faces. And I was like, what is that? And me and her volunteer were like, holy crap. So we just booked it out of the bathhouse. And I'm like, a couple steps past the door, and all of a sudden I hear, "You left me in here!" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" So I ran back in, and like not even thinking, because I, just, I could have just pushed her wheelchair out, but I was like so in the moment, I just threw her bathing suit top over her, and then scooped her up and ran like nothing was attacking us. And it was honestly, we just called someone, and they came, and they just like scooted it out it took like two minutes but that was one of my top stories i think about like that noise you left me i was like i'm gonna be fired this is it i'll say the best thing about those bathhouses used to be that the wall only went up like eight feet so there was no wall up top so we the guys typically would always just like throw stuff over, you know, like bags of wet wipes or wet clothes. I've heard of that. Just constantly be yelling, you know? And it was like, I obviously I'm not on the, the girl's side of it, but it's just like to, to listen to the absurdity and obnoxiousness coming from us for like 45 straight minutes while everyone's getting changed, you know, is like probably a pain. But it was awesome. It was hilarious, you know? Hmm. Like wet paper towels just coming at you. It's like, you're probably trying to be professional and work hard and do all this stuff or like, be safe and it was just like nah you know here's some wet paper towels that we colored brown you know so enjoy those oh man most fun place ever like that sure. 
something that really hits you when you're at res. Like, it, you got dumped with the bug, and you haven't lost it since when you were at res. I definitely, 1 million percent. I, I had a moment when I was a volunteer where something like, like Ian sank and hadn't heard the talk since I was a kid, and it, like, really struck me. But that was one thing. But I became an Arrowhead lifer at res. Positive. I was 14. Like you said, I had a huge presence ever since as far as like, the amount of weeks I would do, how invested I was kind of year-round. Chief, I kind of wanted to see if you thought that was true, and then Garrett as well. Like, Did you guys feel like res is what locked you guys in, or did you not feel that way? Honestly, I would say res probably locked me in. It, it That's what it probably was, because I only did... I think three weeks my first summer, um, but they still asked me if I wanted to do res. So I think that just like, because normally I know a lot of the time it's you need to be going all six weeks and like those are the volunteers that get to go to res. Like that that was just the way that it was. Um, but I remember someone was like, hey, we think this would be great. Like you should go. And then I have Patty Thomas. And I mean, you can't not get addicted to being woken up at four in the morning to amazing grace with swear words all throughout the entire thing. Like you cannot not enjoy that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I would say that res probably will come back the next summer for all six weeks and res. Yeah. My very first res, I'll just pop this in real quick, volunteering. Uh, Patty Thomas was in my cabin and she had the only single bed up against a wall, like sort of in the corner, and at like two or three in the morning, she fell into the crack between the wall and the bed, and everyone woke up, you know, and this was when she was pushing like three bills of strong three, and uh, she's hollering, there's like five of us trying to lift her sleeping bag with her in it, back up into the bed, you know, and it was just like, what's happening here? But it was awesome, you know, it was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I would say um, Res probably locked me in to, to an extent. You know, I think I didn't really get hit with the Res bug until maybe, Andrew, you were my volunteer, you know. And by that point, that was my fourth Res. Um, but I think, like, I don't know. It was something about that summer that just kind of locked it in. And I don't know if it's, you know, ever since I've been putting those Instagram pictures on, you know, Instagram after, after I've gone to res. Um, but I think like, I just love the relationships that, you know, I've had with so many people and that was, you know, started in day camp and then, you know, got progressively better, um, because of res. But then I think, you know, definitely my perspective changed when I stopped doing day camp and I just did res, you know, for that one week of the summer. And it was like, Oh, okay. You know, this is my one week with all the camp friends um, and obviously I still see people, you know, throughout the year, but, you know, yeah, I would say that Rez probably locked me in for sure, especially after I stopped doing uh, day camp. And I think, too, something I found out as a volunteer was, like, on Rez, you know, it's, it's nonstop. It's 24 hours a day. Right. And it made me realize sort of how important those little moments are at day camp, you know, where you think, like, oh, we're waiting for someone to start or, like, I just finished my lunch and there's 20 minutes left so we can do something, you know, it's like, those are all opportunities to have, you know, new experiences or make some memories or do something fun. 
and it's just like you know it, it definitely helps you realize how important making the most out of the entirety of the day you know yeah because that that week starts slow res goes quick and by the end of it you're like oh man like i can't believe that's already over you know um, yeah. yeah it's just yeah definitely a lot of lessons to learn up there yeah. Yeah, it goes zero, zero to 100 real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Very slow, that. and then bam. Yeah, right away. Like, at one point, you have a group where something happens, you're like, all right, res has just begun. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, everyone's like, it's happening, but it's everyone's just moving, and the people are talking and moving around, and then, like, something happens, and then for the, from there until close, it's just like, boom. Except when some people need to go use the bathroom at Dunkin' Donuts in in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the trip. Nice, nice. Uh, that definitely happened one year. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, but stopped at like Dunkin' Donuts. Bunch of people got out, go to the bathroom, and then once we're done, you know, Jimbo just you know books it for the for the customer line. Seriously, uh, yeah. That man is a saint, yeah. <laughs> that was he had one of my favorite um, talent show acts back in the day. Um, it was like we were showcasing our cat, our big sneaky men uh, talents, essentially, just like one by one. You know, we made everyone watch the entire show of each person. Um, but he used to work at Olive Garden, and he put all the chairs up at the end of the night. So we just had him go around, and he put up like. 30 chairs on tables and we made everybody watch it was beautiful you know and he just like cruised through you know real slow boom chair boom chair you know and it was like this thing of beauty just like jimmy this this little guy you know older guy putting chairs up and like doing it with such efficiency it was it was hilarious that's incredible <laughs> i would pay money to see that are you yeah, kidding right? me <laughs> Yo, talking about like the uh, the talent show, which I think is far and away probably like time to happiness from the campers, probably the hot, like one of the best return on happiness for time that we spend that we do. Would for me would be the talent show. Um, what are some things that this is this is mostly for Matt, but also for everybody to kind of chime in? Like, what are some things that you guys feel like the juice is worth to squeeze? Like, if you to force rank some of the activities we do like what are some things that you really feel like are the most valuable for time and other ones like the buses that 
you know, you. It's a good look he's got going on. I like it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll hop on that. I'll start, I think, with what he was talking about. Uh, yeah. I would say. Yeah, talent show-wise was always awesome. You know, I think we used to put more, maybe more legit planning into it back in the day. I know, like, my one of my first years uh, on staff, we did, like, an entire cross-dressing uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears uh, at play, you know. And everybody, we borrowed clothes from the girls, you know. It was, like, this real weird, weird thing. We made our own wigs out of construction paper. It looked absurd you know but it was just like it was awesome and it's it's those sort of like you get the creative juices flowing you get input from everybody you know so it's really cool it's not just like hey we're doing this it's hey how do we make this happen how what do you want to do and how are you going to make it work um a couple years ago andrew and garrett i think our volleyball you know talent show right (laughs) it's like we almost made it what were we shooting for 40 you know the world record it's like stuff like that it's just like how you know, how can we make something normal or, or not funny, like hilarious and awesome, you know, and it takes some extra creativity for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I do love that stuff about the talent show. There was one year where uh, Clayton Ratha was on staff in my cabin. And if you guys remember Kyle Dame, absolute stud, you know, huge into wrestling. And he came through, just lined up all the volunteers and one by one took them out with a, a different wrestling move. While Clayton was dancing, like, around him, these really crazy dances, and I was in the background with a, a lighter and mosquito uh, bug spray making torches, you know? So I have some pictures of that. It's it's just like, I'll say, that was definitely like a younger me, like, what are we doing here thought, you know? But it, it, it was great, you know? <laughs> so you just make it work and, like, kind of open up your creativity, and it's, it's perfect, usually, no matter what you're doing. That's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Um, You know what's one thing that that I miss? I understand why we don't do it anymore, but I thought it was so much fun was the duck tour, um, the duck boat tour that we used to do. That one, I know, like, logistically it was hard. It's not everyone's cup of tea. Like, I, I get why it's gone. But, oh, my God, it was so much fun being on that boat. Like, out on the water, the memories that we made. I remember... I remember my first time going. Um, as there was supposed to... This is probably why it got cut. There was supposed to be a staff member on our boat, but then they missed the boat. So then our boat went out with just a bunch of volunteers. <laughs> they um, they asked, they got all the campers to drive the boat. And I was the only volunteer whose camper didn't show up that day. And they let me drive the boat the rest of the way. And I think they thought I was the camper. But it was <laughs> the best day. <laughs> I'll say I missed the boat one year. I was, like, carrying. I was unloading the, uh, like, the, the trailer. And I had the first aid bag, and I remember like the the duck boat was leaving, so I'm on the side of the I'm on the sidewalk and just throw this first aid bag onto the boat, you know, thinking like, oh, there's got to be a staff member on there. No, you know, definitely not. 
And I spent the rest of that time until you guys got back eating clam chowder in like the mall nearby. It was awesome. You know? So it all worked out. You know, everyone was safe. But I will say that back when we used to have like real competition for who was in the slideshow the most, like those those field trips were the best because you you'd be like, Oh, you know, I'll sit here and you just put the younger campers on my lap, whatever, you know, we'll snap some pictures and it was like a guaranteed extra fifteen photos in the slideshow for you, you know. So I'm glad I'm glad that's kind of changed because it was it was fun, but it's like, what's the slideshow about? You know, it's about how many times I can get in it or not. But it was still awesome, you know. <laughs> what about you two, Garrett, Andrew? Well, yeah, I mean, I have to agree that anytime the creative juices can get flowing, I just you know love that type of stuff um, where it's not necessarily like planned stuff, but it's just stuff that just happens naturally or, you know, we're just forced to get creative. Like, you know, I know that for most of the the week of res, we spend the entire week trying to figure out what we're going to do for the talent show, you know, and then it always ends up being some idea we come up with like two hours before we're supposed to, you know, do the actual thing. And it just is so funny because you hear the, you know, suggestions. Okay. What kind of music are we going to use? What kind of outfits are we going to use? That just is so much fun. Um, and I would say, like, some of the activities that we do are great. You know, big proponent of the Detective Day. You know, that's definitely my favorite activity to do. Um, but I think just even within those activities, the creativity that comes out is just awesome. I think you get to, yeah, you kind of learn stuff about people you, you wouldn't think, you know, or you wouldn't know if, if yeah. those type of opportunities didn't come up, you know, sure. because it's staff-wise, it gives people, well, I felt bad because my, the last res we did, I, I did the, we were doing movie, Tom Hanks Day or something like that, and I had the Turner and Hooch group, and <coughs> we had uh, Elena and somebody else dress up as the dog, like in the bear costumes, and granted, these things hadn't been washed in like three years anyway, so it's already gross. And then I had them eating like Campbell's chunky soup after being shouted at to do like dog tricks, you know. And they're taking it like a champ, but I didn't know Elena was, I think she's a vegetarian, right? And they're like force feeding her, you know, chicken soup essentially, you know. And she just, <laughs> she had no complaints, you know. But it was like, yeah, what are we doing here? And it was one of those that we kind of like figured out we changed some things during the day and figured it out, but it, it's just like, no matter what you do, I think most times it's going to be awesome and people regardless are going to make it unreal. So hmm. uh, I feel like, I feel like testimonials is always like, I've never been to hmm. it's always something that I'm, I'm deeply looking forward to. Um, we think kickball, Kickball is another one that, like, I would put kickball to me, like, and I'm sure it very much differs person to person and how it takes you, but kickball, I love kickball. I, um, I, I put shopping above tie-dye. I love shopping. Shopping strong as could be. Um, <laughs> but I'd say those are some that I absolutely just love to death. Um, I, that's probably what comes to the top of mind. And then, yeah, Detective Day Garrett is a smash hit. That's so funny you mentioned tie-dye because, like, that's another time of the day where it's just like tie-dye shirts, you know, takes like a couple minutes to do people's shirts, but then you're just hanging out the rest of the day. And that's so much fun. Like last couple of years, 
I think I've, you know, we've like brought the speaker or whatever speaker that's in our cabin and start just playing music. Now, I think, I think it was three years ago, we may have brought that into like the basement of the lodge. May or may not have played a couple songs that were not appropriate, but you know, heck, whatever. You got to play it fast and loose. That's the time to do it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think rainy days are when things can get risky. That's in yeah. my personal opinion. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, you're like, you're like, what are we gonna do? I got no idea. There was one year when we were up. Yeah, probably in like 2008, and it poured, like downpoured. You know, and this is before they had the um, what's the ball pit thing they got now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before they had that, and it was just like open field, you know, and like all the staff and some volunteers went out and were just like baseball sliding headfirst through all this wet grass, you know, and it's like it's a lightning storm, but it didn't matter, you know, it's like, let's just, hey, let's go do this, it'll be awesome, no big deal. Um, on a mini, on a mini res when it was pouring out, this is one of my favorite things I ever did, but also like I felt bad afterwards, but. There was nothing to do. We had done the movie thing the day before. We were just sitting around the pavilion. So I break my cell phone out and I start calling Arrowhead, you know, because mini res after um, two years after I started volunteering, they changed it from five to three or four days and did it during week three. So it was like half the staff, you know, five or six campers and five or six volunteers would go and just do this like mini trip. And it was awesome. But so day camp is still happening. And I break my cell phone out. I start calling. And uh, there's this Adam Sandler movie. I forget which one it is. But there's this scene where he's like, have you tried the meatloaf? There's string in my meatloaf. And I just called ten times in a row. And I don't know if you guys remember Tom Cobb at all. But he was, he was hilarious, really funny, but like could get serious. And he was one of the staff back who kept answering the phone. And they were watching a movie at the time. So... Like, phone call number 11. He's like, I don't know who the fuck this is, but I'm calling the police, and they're coming for you, you know? So he hung up. I have to call back, and he's like, that's it. You know, I'm like, no, Tom, 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 it's me. It's me. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry. I'll stop, man, you know? But it was just like, <laughs> what else are you going to do, you know? Call and harass people you know and love, and, and hopefully it goes right. Oh, my God. That's so funny because I think, I think we we've talked about this on a past podcast when we go shopping and it's that you know one thirty minutes that you're within you know cell range and so who do you call on your phone and just so once or twice I have you know just called random people just to see if they'll pick up you know but like you know what I, I should try that I should try to you know really mess with someone He's like oh my god dude we're stranded the bu- the bus broke down we're stranded. And uh, the last res was I, w- I went into town with Melissa Sunday morning to pick up breakfast for the staff. A little treat, you know, nice and early. We got cell service, and uh, the staff, I think it was staff were coming up with the bus, and they called that there was only one bus. So they are trying to fit, like, 25 volunteers and a couple staff onto this bus with all their stuff, you know, and there was, like, no way it was going to happen. So we ended up making, like, 20 minutes for the phone calls, I finally figured it out, but I was like, I was getting ready to drop Melissa off, drive back to Natick, pick everybody up with them, and come back up, you know, that day, like, we hadn't gotten it figured out, 
calls. So it's like, there's a good thing that you can get into town and make those phone calls because yeah. yeah, stuff can get pretty crazy. I do remember one rainy day. I think it was my first res that we ended up watching a movie, but we all packed into cabin one. Like the entire camp were just packed into <laughs> cabin one. And we're watching like some animated Green Lantern film or something. It was crazy. I, was I like... think one of my one of my top memories too was when <laughs> this was back in the older days when I had Patty Thomas and it was a rainy day and we watched a movie in BSM um, that had a lot of bad words in it and I can't <laughs> remember it was like a soccer movie there were fights and Patty Thomas was like yeah. Yeah, she's like cheering them on, and she's like, "Slap that fucking guy!" Oh my god! Was it Green Street Hooligans? Yes. Yes, I love that movie. That was definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like everyone's older, you know, no big deal. It's all good. Yeah. You know, let's have I some fun. I think honestly, I was probably like the youngest one in the cabin, and I was like, "I loved it." <laughs> Great movie, by the way. Go give that a watch. <laughs> oh man. No, but I also, I love going to the store because you never know what the campers are going to get. That's honestly, it's a crapshoot. And some of the things they walk out with, like, who was it? Billy walked out with a, a squeaky duck, like a dog chew toy. But he just liked it as his own toy. And it was like the cutest thing. He like named it. It was adorable. But I just remember sitting there like, we're letting him buy a dog toy with his money. <laughs> and Ken, he's a, he's a fun man. He can do whatever he wants. But like, that's wild. Three, I think I think three years ago when I had um, Andrew Sachs, we went into the grocery store and we just got a key lime pie and birthday candles. <laughs> See? I would always, yeah, I'd always get clam chowder up there, you know? It's like, give me some hot store-made clam chowder. That's going to do me right during this week of food that, you know, more, it's better now, but like more than likely is going to be yesterday's breakfast bagels made into pizza bagels, which <laughs> I'm going to eat three of anyways, but I'm not sure. going to enjoy it as much as this clam chowder, you know? My, my favorite shopping stories, I had a buddy, uh, Sean Montgomery Monty, who was like just an absolute rat. Don't even know how we got him up to res in the first place, but he had Carson and, and uh, he had like 10 bucks, Carson has 10 bucks. And he's like, Carson, what do you want? And we're like, uh, Carson, do you want some cat food? And Carson was like, yes. So he bought the cat food and like keep it with them. And then on the last night, like if there's like leftover food, we have to like take it and like make sure that we throw it out. And I'm like, everyone stop. This is the last night. Like everyone's got to eat this cat food. And I like took a pinch and I threw it in. And everyone else was like, no. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> but that's what you want. You're like, this is the most epic time. We have to do this thing. And everyone's like, no. Like, <laughs> I'll say, yeah, instead of uh, throwing away all the food on the last night, we would, the staff would just take it all and eat everything that they wanted to. <laughs> and then the next day, all the cameras would be like, oh, and all the chairs and cameras would be like, oh, where's our food, you know? And they're like, I don't know, the raccoons must have gotten into the trailer or something, you know? It's, oh, man. It's uncontrollable out here. I remember that was happening, and Melissa saved something of mine while it was happening to give it to me the next day because she I was friends with her and she was like uh, Brenna really wanted this and like saved it for me I remember that so clearly hey, that's why Melissa's so great she does that type of stuff <laughs> uh, I'll say yeah 
when uh, that trip that the bus broke down and we carried Patty Thomas off, Melissa and I stayed with the bus, you know, until um, a couple other staff could get up. They were doing uh, Special Olympics softball coaching, and they came up late, picked us up on the side of the road, but we literally waited, well, we waited like five hours for them to get there, so we called a tow truck to tow the van to a more, like, suitable place, and it's this real backwoods-looking guy, you know, trucker hat. He may have been, like, overalls with a white beater underneath, just like, you know, not your ideal cup of tea. And he's like, all right, hop in the truck. And I go to open the door for Melissa to push her in the middle seat. <laughs> and she, <laughs> she's just not having it, you know. <laughs> she just gives me this look like, what on earth are you thinking is going to go down right now? <laughs> But then we, we like, we, we ate at a friendlies, I think. We went, walked around a pet store, and then we threw a bouncy ball around the parking lot for, like, two hours, you know? It was like, that was awesome, you know, just that whole experience. <laughs> Man. That's amazing. Keith, <laughs> <laughs> what was it like your last resume when you weren't coming back? I remember that was an emotional thing. That's a really tough thing for a lot of staff. What was going through your mind then? And, like, you think about that differently your last week of day camp, your last week of res, the last year in general. Like, how are you thinking about that? That was really hard. I mean, you remember, I sobbed. I was, like, broken. I was a broken human that day. Um, I think, really, it was just, like, knowing that I needed to, to continue on and, like, go get my graduate degree and I couldn't do camp anymore. And And I knew that when I came back, it wouldn't be – the same for me like I know you both came back and it was like rejuvenating but I just knew that it wasn't going to be the same and like now I'm a teacher at Natick High I could literally never come back that'd be so weird um like wouldn't wouldn't be authentically me so it is I do think about it a lot though like it is Hmm. a massive bummer that that really isn't like a slot or like an option um but um, I'd love to, like, I still tell kids that I did Arrowhead, and I'm like, I think you'd be a really good candidate. I literally told that to, like, three of the girls on my basketball team. I was like, hey, by the way, you actually, I think I know where you should dabble in it's Arrowhead. Um, but it was definitely hard. I think the last day of day camp wasn't as hard for me because I, I had kind of accepted and, like, knew that I did everything I could have done on staff. Like, I... I feel like I took you and Ben in under my little wingies and I like had you as my little things. And then I had Liz and I did things at camp that were fun. And I felt like I kept some of that ridiculousness, but like transformed it. And cause I did get to grow up through it basically. Like the maturing of camp was like my maturing at the same time. Um, but it definitely, I do. I still think about it, honestly. Like, I mean, my partner literally works at a year round camp. Um, so she gets camp, um, and I got to work at her camp, um, last, or two summers ago, which was awesome. And it just makes me miss Arrowhead even more, to be honest. Like it just, like, I'll never stop missing it. I'll always work Skyline if they need me to, don't care about that, but, um, I'll miss camp always. I do think, I know for me, like, it was sort of a surprise that I left. I didn't think I was going to leave my, back when I was director, and I've never been good at, like, the goodbye part of it. You know, I'll usually try to find something else to do. Like, we used to have to load up the bus, you know, so I'd do all that type of stuff. Or I'd clean up cabins and just kind of be saying goodbye to my, my boys and all that and, like, everybody. But it was, like, 
you know, it's tough, man. It's like thinking about, I think just in general too, for res and that type of stuff, it's like this awesome thing that we all love and are a part of is, is over, you know? And it's like, if in my mind, if you can avoid like dealing with that for another year, you know, it uh, makes it a little easier on you, but it's just, it's like such an important thing to so many people that you want to go well. And when it does, like you don't want to see it be over and you don't, you know, it's, it's tough to see some of these guys who like, this is their one big week of the summer having an end, you know, and you want to keep that sort of good image and, and happy part of it alive. I know like Randy, the last couple of years saying goodbye, you know, he'd be apologizing like, you know, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. And crying that it was over. And, you know, it was always, oh, I'll see you next year, you know, and that was like the best part of it, you know, of a tough goodbye. But yeah. Um, I was really curious about, um, how you guys were able to put camp on last summer. Um, and you know, how, how much of a challenge that must've been, but I gotta say, like, I was so impressed that you guys were able to, you know, do stuff, you know, and I would hear from Carter all the time that, you know, Oh, you know, we did this and this, and I'm like, that's just awesome. So I just, I just was curious how that came together last summer, how you guys were able to pull that off. I'll say, yeah, Melissa did a lot of like planning and footwork on all that type of stuff um, to make sure we were within regulations of all the camp stuff of the town regs of the state regs. Um, And like, obviously like we, I think we maxed out at six campers, you know, it wasn't big. We were running like four or five staff plus the admin team. (coughs) Sorry, excuse me. Um, And it was half day, you know, activity. But it was cool because uh, a parent was coming in. So it was like a lot of these parents, you know, might drop off or pick up their kids at, at Arrowhead during the during day camp, but not really understand what's going on. They'll catch that last little bit of closing circle or something, you know. But for them to actually be involved and, like, see how a very different version of how we do things, mm-hmm. you know, um, was really cool. And we got to know a lot of the parents a lot better and like it gave us more insight too into kind of the the what's going to work what's not going to work how do we do this and how do we make each thing work you know um at one point we made uh mason bee houses so they're like little wooden boxes with a bunch of little um tubes in them you know and i cut everything up and and we were nailing it all up and it was the loudest thing on earth like five people hammering full scale inside that lodge you know was ridiculous, hmm. but it was awesome. You know, one, one, one person ended up throwing the hammer against the wall, but uh, I don't blame them. You know, it was, it was pretty extreme in there, but hmm. it was just like we had hmm. such a good staff, and, like, I wish more people could have come back. It was, it was a tough staffing situation in general with the hours and some other stuff going on, but it's just like their dedication and enthusiasm didn't change, and that made it all possible. I think for Melissa, Susan, and I, it was like, we were really hands off because we had more or less like one-on-one staff to camper ratio um, that would sort of rotate through, but it was like that passion was always there. So it it didn't matter the circumstances we were going to be able to do some kind of programming. And all that mattered was that we were getting people in there again, you know? Um, 
so yeah, it was tough. It was different. Uh, but I think all things considered, like it went really well, you know, <laughs> it'd be tough to do another summer of it. So hopefully they're back to normal this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like, uh, all things considered, it, it went well. And like, we, we spent way more time outdoors. Um, you know, it's like, we did some video stuff, the more pictures, like it, it allowed us a lot more in depth sort of conversation and experiences with all these guys that came. So it was good. <laughs> chapters in the history book of arrowhead you know? sure it's like, yeah yeah but that's that's what's crazy it's like no matter what happens or what the the setting is or whatever it is it's gonna work like there was a year where day camp was at uh mary bunker across the lake because some stuff going on bureaucratically you know and like there was what was it three staff and nine campers with volunteers and that was it you know it was like it looked like things were going down, but that summer was awesome. The next year I started volunteering and it was like numbers were right back up, you know, 25, 30 people a week. And I think when I left as director back in 09, it was like we had 40, 43 campers a week with one week we had eight extra volunteers, you know, it was just like that stuff. The, the desire is there and the attraction is there because hmm. it's such a good experience, you know? Hmm. So, hmm. day you want to maximize it because there's so few days it, or I, I don't know I don't know feel this, but do you ever feel like as a staff you almost put too much pressure on it like you have to make every single day the greatest day and you just clean burn yourself out I know when I was on day camp I never finished a full I would get like so sick I had to go on antibiotics every single year to press so hard uh, do you guys did you guys feel like at some point, you can force it too much, and it stop you lose the fun in it. Or, or did you guys not feel that? Because I felt like when I let when I let ten percent off the gas, it actually went way better in my experience. <laughs> I would say I fluctuated. Like I think when I started out, I didn't. I wasn't at the high level yet, like of being able to be just like myself and have fun just to have fun um and I think also a big part of that was like I was a very nervous lifeguard and I think like life like I would just be so nervous all the time so I think like when I was actually on staff like swimming used to be my absolute favorite time and then I was lifeguarding and I hated it more than anything in the world but then I went on to like become the water like front director because I just I do love the water um but I think like that first summer was a rough start for me but then like I think it was like all full gas the rest of the way um but I think towards the end I learned how to like have fun on my fully accelerated gas pedal like as long as I was having fun I went with it but I think I learned how to read a room and that also really helps <laughs> I do think too it's like the older staff or the more experienced staff it's like when they see that opportunity to let someone else step up you know, and lead that group or sort of take over an activity. It's like that, you know, you're putting your trust in them, which gives them a confidence boost, which lets them get up, you know, a level or two or whatever in their confidence. And it's like, that's huge too. And like you're saying, read the room. It's just, it's one of those things where, you know, learning to know each other's strengths and helping each other out when they need it, but also like pushing people to do something they may not be comfortable with just yet 
is going to get him there, you know? And I think it's definitely one of those things where you want to, you know, go as hard as you can, like you're saying. But, yeah, you do need to realize, like, it's, you know, for for a job that I used to tell Sam Thurston when he was on staff and I was director, it's like, this is an easy job. Like, we work 8 to 4, there's 6 hours of day camp, and we swim for two of them. Like, this is an easy job, you know? But in reality, it's like, it's one of those things that it's like, there's no downtime, there's no off time, and you, you don't want it, you know? It's like, that's six hours of really intense, sort of passionate work, you know, that you want to give your all to, and that's the best thing. Um, I used to tell, I'm sure you remember, Brennan, like, the scary stories I used to tell in the, the bathhouse, you know, it's like, when I first got on staff, I never thought I'd be able to tell, like, a, a fake story that I have no plan for, for 15 straight minutes, you know, but then I could do four in a row, or three in a row, you know, without a problem. One of my most ridiculous memories is, uh, we were doing, I think it was Halloween, and, and I had one of the, um, like, devil horn tiki torches from iParty, and I was telling these scary stories in the bathhouse with the lights out, and I'm like, the only move I ever had with scary stories was to yell bam after, like, a really silent part, you know? Classic jump scare move. But I'm holding this torch that's on fire, and, you know, I'm like, and then, you know, it was like, bam! And one of the one of the kids starts screaming, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's just a, it's just a story, it's not real. And he goes, it burns, it burns, and all the wax from the top of the torch had fallen off. He was okay. So, oh, but man. it's like, you know, then I learned maybe don't use the torch, right? Very good lesson. But, but um, during one of those things, it was like Ben Kroll's a volunteer. And he goes, oh, man, it's another story about Matt's grandmother. And I'm like, Ben, do you want to tell a story right now for 15 straight minutes? And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. No big deal. And after like a minute and a half, he's like, I don't know what to do, man. You know? And for him, it was, like, kind of a wake-up call. Not a wake-up call, but just, like, the realization that it's not just, like, on a whim you can do all these things. It's you got to, you know, just be fully dedicated to whatever you're doing, as ridiculous or weird as it might be, and just go all in. So it is, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely some of that stuff that just can work or not work, but you 100% of the time want to make it work. So I think that's where it's, like, you're not going to take your foot off the brake or off the uh, off the gas, like if something's going well, you know, and you want to keep that going, and that can definitely, you know, Andrew get tiring because it's like I've seen you paint your body blue, you know, on res, and I don't even know what what was going on, and I was on staff with you, and it was, <laughs> but it's like that didn't matter, you know. It's like I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna make it work, and it's gonna be awesome, and and that'll be that, you know. Hmm. Oh, absolutely. I love how when Res slows down, um, we started the, the, the winter program. We're like the, it's like a mini camp during winter. Um, Skyline slows down. And I feel like every time it slows down, you can mentor the staff so much and like watch them have huge, like incremental growths between every group. And like, I remember one of the staffs where I came back, it was Jack Drew's first summer and watching him go from here to here to here, like just between like a group in the morning to the afternoon to night. It was like one of my favorite experiences and that's mentoring someone that's already there. And, and I thought that was like, okay, there's a lot of juice to this and you can really kind of get people, you know, a 
equipped to come back to day camp and be ready for those roles, which I think is like so cool. Awesome. That's well. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah. One last little quick thing, Matt. What what's it been like working with uh, with Carter? I'm always fascinated <laughs> to ask uh, people that are staff or you know have worked with them. So like we asked Carol when she came on a couple couple months ago. Um, he's he's awesome. I'll say that. And I it's like in general for volunteers and like younger staff, it's like you can get a feeling about if someone's going to fit and make and work and like excel mm-hmm. at Arrowhead. And he was one of those guys, not to be like this because he's your brother, Garrett, you know, but he, sure. he really was awesome and had the feel for it and was mm-hmm. up for anything, which is great. Um, like during downtime last year, we were doing like wall stick competitions, you know, and he had no issue. He, I think him and uh, Aiden went like 11 minutes in like a real wall sit position. Yeah. And I, the first time we were doing it, I died out after like five, you know, and it's just like, he was great. He, he took the ribbings really well. I always ask him like how much product he has in his hair, you know, that type of stuff. And like, I've been beating that joke for three years. Like, it doesn't matter. He's just going to get the same joke every day and he takes it really well. Um, but yeah, he just, he has that kind of goofiness and like subtle confidence, you know, that worked really well for, for what we were doing and what Arrowhead is, you know, um, he dealt with, you know, a couple, I don't know, not incidents, but like just things with, with some campers and handled it super well. Um, just knows like what it takes and, and the responsibilities and kind of, you know, what it's all about. And he figured it out at a young age, which was really impressive. So, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. He hits the gym. He's still hitting the gym. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, when I talk to him, uh, when he's been down at school, yeah, I think so. Did he make the basketball team? Uh, no, he did not. He didn't try out, right? I don't think so. Probably a good move, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but I'll say it's like, in that regard, it's, I think that's one of the, the coolest things. It's like whether it's, uh, like you're saying, Andrew, like having those moments where you can kind of guide people and help them kind of find themselves – you know, it's, um, it's truly awesome. Like I, as a volunteer, they used to pick the three or four, um, volunteers to go on mini res, you know, and one year I didn't get picked and I was like heartbroken, you know, cause it's supposed to be like same deal with res, the best of the best of the volunteers. Uh, in Carter's case, we just needed male volunteers. So he would come, you know, um, but it was like later on that week, they were like, Oh no, we're going to need you. We have an extra uh, camper coming and that was like the best thing on earth for me you know and like it's it's one of those things where it's like you want to shine and you want to make you know this whole thing awesome for everybody you know and it doesn't matter who you are or how you know each other if you don't know each other outside of camp it's like you're all gonna work together to get that going you know which is really cool I think. Mm. All right. Well, Matt, we um, we like to close out each of our episodes with uh, like a positive thing of the week. So um, I've been thinking about a couple of things that happened positively. But yeah, you guys can can think about that. What your like positive thing of the week is. Um, so I guess I'll start. So um, Sunday was Easter, and my older brother came in 
to visit from uh, from Boston. So it was great to see him. Uh, I have not seen him since. I can't. I can't remember. But it was just great having him around. Uh, hung out. My brother's a big uh, European soccer fan, so we spent a decent amount of time watching some games. So it was good. To, it was good to, to visit. next my highlight of this week um my easter was also very fun we went to um my girlfriend and i went to my mom's friend's house and it's just like her three best friends they always hang out so it's their families um but it was really good i had bagels from the bagel table in downtown natick very good highly really? pretty big mm-hmm. highlight i'm not gonna lie i eat keto so this was like i was cheating on easter Oh my god, the bagels were so good. I don't know if they're just delicious, but highly recommend. Um, I would say for me, um, yeah, I just found out my brother is pregnant. Not my brother, obviously, but, you know, uh, my brother and sister-in-law, which was very exciting. So that's uh, that's huge because we don't have or really want kids, you know? So the more nieces and nephews we get running around, the better. Uh, so yeah, it was it was awesome news to hear that. That's awesome! Hmm. Congratulations, that's dope. Yeah, that is yeah, awesome. Thank you. Um, big highlight for me is so a- after work on Monday, Daisy and I went to this like natural hot springs, which was super cool. We uh, but then after we hit this barbecue, and I had my first, me and her both had our first like authentic Austin. Texas brisket, and it was absolutely delicious. It was like a brisket so good you'd like call something you had a grudge with, and like apologize to him. So it was uh, it was phenomenal, and it was a big highlight of my week that we got a little post work travel in. That's awesome. Uh, but also, and this is the corniest thing, but I always take the time. I love like when we do this, and I love you guys all to death. So this was also a huge highlight of my week. Love you guys, um, Andrew. I did want to ask you something else. You had written in the notes that you had a uh, Nick Morton update, so I was right. very curious what that what that meant. All right, so I had two interactions with Nick Morton today, like for half an hour each, on the clock while I was being paid. How? But life doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> we had our weekly meeting. We we meet once a month via Zoom, and then he also hopped on like the America's East Sales team call, and like. Sometimes you forget that he's like he started speaking, and you could see the whole call. Everyone's like, "This guy has the biggest brain on the planet," and but like also he does it with such like a kind way as well. But yeah, I mean Nick Morton. Anytime you can spend Nick, time with Nick Morton is a good time. But I got to see him twice today, so I feel like the luckiest person on the planet. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Um, well, I'll look forward to maybe getting him on the podcast at some point. Oh, um, I plugged the podcast. You're gonna, you're gonna have to repeat yourself. Oh, my bad. On the, on the, when I was talking to him, I plugged the podcast. I'm like, we had a big podcast tonight. Prashad's gonna be the guest. He was dying laughing. He's like, you gotta send me the link. So he has our SoundCloud. So Nick, if you're listening to this, good stuff. Oh boy, Nick, I love you. Uh, 
I'll say, I only met Nick when we had that uh, res like three year, two or three years ago, right? Where you had to have all the, the special overnight staff. Yeah. And awesome dude, you know? But I'll just say it's, I think that, that type of thing where all these people are willing to volunteer to stay awake for 24 hours, essentially, watching a baby monitor and walking around in the middle of the night where there's porcupines and, and who knows what out there, you know, mm-hmm. the people who did Arrow in the past really shows just just how awesome it all is, you know? That was a wild, I did that with Amanda White, that was wild. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I saw mice. <laughs> The best part was there was a like a hornet's nest in the bathhouse where we were having people watch the the uh, the baby monitors from. You know, it's like, hey, thanks for volunteering your time. Hope you're not allergic to bees. You know, they don't want you to die up here. You know, but hey, let's hope not. They're <laughs> fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, well, Matt, thanks so much for for coming on this week's episode. Uh, we had we had a great time talking to you. Yeah, this was awesome. I. Uh, out of the blue i loved it and uh yeah you guys are phenomenal people so i miss all you big time yeah i miss you too all right everyone so thanks for tuning into this week's episode uh you can follow us on uh twitter you can follow the uh, stream on soundcloud we're trying to upgrade update our uh twitter page a little bit more often so uh hopefully you guys can take a look at that but yeah everyone hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next time there's a twitter page you guys don't tell me anything Yeah, there is. All right. There is.